Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Week 9 Fantasy Selects Main Slate Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on, man? We got we got the trade deadline as we record. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got some, we got all types of news going on, some tragic news with Henry oh, Hugs, and yeah. you know, he's probably gonna be out a while. So um, how how are you doing? How are you navigating all this? Yeah, so I already have way too many tabs open, but I have an extra tab open for any, you know, trade news that we get, we can react live on air. Uh, but yeah, been a rough uh, 24 hours. I'm still tilting over my Daryl Williams over 14 and a half rush attempts <laughs> prop because I nailed the team projection, uh, but I didn't allocate 50% of the rushing attempts going to Derek Gore. And I'm also mad because, you know, we were joking about like Michael Burton and, you know, the Alex Armas of the world. And I almost threw out Derek Gore yeah. as the vulture of the slate. So I'm also mad about that. Uh, also, uh, I wouldn't say mad. I would say depressed that two of my favorite players are out for the season and Derek Henry and Jameis Winston. It's such a shame um, to see them both, you know, you know, I think Derek Henry's probably done for the season. Jameis is absolutely done. Those are two of my favorite players. So just, it's always depressing when players go down, but especially players that I just love. And those two guys are some of my favorite. So uh, just just a bad week in terms of just injury news all around. Yeah, man, that was a that was a wild game. I mean, the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, oh. real quick, just like, what do you think of that offense though? Because like, I'm looking at this game, and remember we talked about it, and I'm like, you know, maybe we play the Giants defense because something's still ain't right. And I don't know if they did much of anything fantasy wise. I, I don't think they did, but just yeah. the Chiefs offense just doesn't look right. Yeah, no, it doesn't. They probably should have run the ball even more last night, right? Uh, we were texting about that, but I, I still think some of those turnovers are fluky, like Kelsey fumbling the ball is fluky. Um, that that first interception in the end zone was definitely fluky. Uh, so, you know, this turnover luck's going to turn around. Uh, you know, the, the penalties they were committing were egregious. Maybe that doesn't turn around uh, so quickly. But, yeah, I'm still betting on the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they're, they're still 500, um, and, you know, 
the the turnover luck's going to go their way going forward. I'm not too worried about them quite yet, uh, but interested to see if you have Patrick Mahomes in your top five still. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert! I <laughs> that do. is the but <laughs> oh, okay. That that would be breaking news if yeah. I haven't done it quite yet. But once we start lowering him outside of our top five, that will be significant. I think he is not playing well. Like no, he is, he is definitely not. He's absolutely like <laughs> he's uncomfortable taking checkdowns. He's uncomfortable checking into runs. Uh, he's still like he he does a thing that most quarterbacks get. Like Daniel Jones got in trouble predetermining a short route, and that was picked off like right after yeah. they got the interception. But Patrick Mahomes does something that's really odd that most quarterbacks don't do because they probably don't have the arm strength. But he predetermines deep throws. Like he'll take a drop back and be like, "I'm going to throw it deep." to Tyreek Hill or like McCall Hardman. <laughs> and like, that's something most quarterbacks do not do. Like you usually predetermine an easy throw. You get a pre-snap read or something like that. But Mahomes is like predetermining deep throws and not reading the coverage. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's odd. They, I think they set the record for most uh, passes beat short of the line of scrimmage that they've ever had with Mahomes last in that giants game. So it's good for the receivers yeah. and, and their PPR, but yeah, I just wanted to, Kick it yeah, off no, talking about that because definitely definitely one of the most <laughs> bizarre things going on in 2021 is this this Chiefs team in general. So yeah, uh this week I'm I'm giving one more chance, but after that, yeah, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't snap out of this, he might be out of my top five, which is crazy to say. Uh but one last thing, like this is the last time we're gonna be able to talk about Jameis Winston all year. <laughs> Did you see his run where he pretended to pitch it to the defender? Yes. And he juked him. And then he danced in the locker room with his crutches after tearing his ACL. I mean, that guy is an absolute legend. It's uh, it's a shame he's going to be out for the season because uh, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, that, that, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just you feel for him after, yeah. the, uh, you know, especially happening against Tampa after uh, they win a yeah, Super Bowl it's... without him. But uh, it's good to see him happy. It's good to see them get that win. And, you know, everyone yep. I read an article yesterday and it was like, OK, well, Tampa's obviously winning that that division. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the Saints are right there. Like, let's not count them out just yet. Like, we've seen Sean Payton do some crazy things with this team yep. before. So, I mean, the Saints, if anyone said the Saints are going to be, what, what are they, five and two now? Yeah. Like, um, you crazy. know, right there with the Bucks. I, I think no one would have believed it to start the year. But this, you know, these coaches, there's a few of them in this league that they just tend to to, to get it done. And Sean Payton's one of them. So, uh, yeah, let's, we'll yeah. talk about uh, that quarterback situation. But let's yes. get into the... Uh, Thursday night showdown, first of all. So clearly it's Mike White in the captain spot in this Jets Colts matchup, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think whatever his roster ship percentage is for this game, it's probably gonna be too high. So I think one of the easiest decisions to make here is fading Mike White. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with that. So he's not gonna be my captain slot. Mike White or Carson Wentz this week. That is a period. tough call. Like, raw I, projection. <laughs> raw projection. I think, oh man, yeah. That's, you don't that's, lose points for throwing interceptions that lose the game. I think, you know, Wentz is going to be handing it off Jonathan Taylor quite a bit. So I think his his ceiling's pretty lower. But I, I do think Michael Pittman's a good play. Um, but yeah, I, I think fading quarterback in this matchup is probably the smart play. I like, uh, yeah, I like Taylor. I like Taylor in yes. the captain spot. Uh, the Jets are allowing the fourth most schedule adjusted receiving yards to opposing running backs. And uh, they're also 23rd in run defense DVOA. They're, you know, the Jets are bad against the pass too. But one thing I did notice was they're playing well against number one wide receivers. And so the only other guy in this offense that really makes noise uh, on a week to week basis is Michael Pittman Jr. And, you know, if you expect him to struggle, I mean, the Jets are, 
The Jets are allowing just 37 yards per game schedule adjusted to number one wide receivers. That is best in the league on defense. So if Pittman doesn't have a big game, uh, you just have to look at Taylor and say he's going to carry the load here. It's Thursday, short week, usually ugly kind of games in this spot. Uh, You know, team, they're going to be more aware of this Mike White situation and probably dare the Jets to run. So it might be an under type of situation. So yeah, this is just a, a Jonathan Taylor and then there's everyone else kind of situation. Yep. Yeah, I think, you know, for the captain slot, I, I do prefer receivers when, when I can. So I think Pittman uh, makes sense if you want to pivot off Taylor. I think Taylor's got to be the highest uh, rostered captain, um, which makes total sense. I mean, th- he this is a smash spot for him. It would not surprise me if he just goes off here. But just if you're looking for some leverage, I think, uh, if anything, I might go Pittman in the captain slot. But you're not scared at all. Of the, I mean, because like, you know, this is one of those defenses that just, it, they just seem to scheme to take away these top receivers. Like they're also allowing the fewest schedule adjusted targets per game to number one receivers, which is interesting. Um, they're getting really killed by the running backs and the tight ends. Like they're, they're allowing more yardage to running backs and tight ends than to number one, number two, or number two receivers. So, which is, that's like a scheme yeah. related thing. So that, yeah, that kind of scares yeah, and with, yeah, without T.Y. Hilton, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy to key in on Pittman. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think those are the two chalkiest options, but there isn't, you know, there aren't any players outside of that that I like. I would think, yeah, okay, so a sneaky captain play might be Michael Carter. Yes, yes. Just because absolutely. of his receiving upside, but still, I, I think the cat's out of the bag on him. <laughs> you know, he was a bit under the radar the past couple weeks when I've been banging the table for him, but uh, I, I think people will be on him, but certainly, you know, putting him as your captain um, could be a good leverage play here as well. Yeah, I think it works, even though the Colts are number one in run defense DVOA. The Jets are not a high-volume run team anyway. And Carter, and Indianapolis also very zone-heavy, and that's what the Jets have been doing to Carter. They've been dumping him the ball on checkdowns in zone coverage. Like He's had a couple of these just monster games catching the football. So uh, especially in a full PPR, I think it makes sense to to have some exposure to him. Because, again, I think I just don't know about this game for any of the pass catchers. I mean, on the Jets side, it's kind of, up in the air that the, you know, they, they, one week they play Mims, the next week they play Cole, Elijah Moore gets his numbers go up and down. We'll see about Davis, but uh, what do you like? Uh, yeah. For your DFS cheat codes here. Uh, I should uh, let you know that uh, breaking news, the jets have traded tight end Daniel Brown. Oh to the my Kansas God. City Chiefs. So, yeah. Well, that is, uh, that my... is one of our, our, our punt plays that we can't use. Let me, let me update my projections real quick. Okay. <laughs> done. He went from point one catches to zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess he's taking over that jo- Fire up your, Jody uh, Fortson roller. <laughs> Fire up your uh, Tyler Croft this week. Yeah. It's for, uh, the Chiefs traded uh, Duvernay Tardif, the lineman, to to the Jets. So, I mean, that's, that's oh. good for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. And Denzel Mims reportedly will not uh, be traded. Oh, uh, damn it. I was kind of yeah. hoping he would. Um, is he going to be able to suit up? You said he has a, yeah, he, he, he's off the injury report. He practiced, okay. so he's, he should be straight, but yeah, he did leave that game early. Um, but he was, he was a full-time player before that. So, I mean, I guess that kind of kicks off our cheat codes, but what yes. do you think about Mims? Cause I, I think I'd, I'd be willing to give him a shot because he played more than, uh, you know, more, more than Keel and Cole and he left the game. So he would probably played even more. Um, but maybe that was more, maybe is he the direct backup of Corey Davis? Do you think that's just what it was? I think so. And I, like I hinted, they might've been auditioning him for a trade. Apparently that's not the case, uh, but it's a shame. I was hoping, you know, Mims and or Crowder would get traded because 
this is such a crowded receiving room. It's really tough to project week to week. We don't know if Corey Davis is playing or not. So it's really dicey right now to, you know, call out uh, Jets wide receiver plays. But yeah, if, if Mims or if Davis is out, you know, we can probably count on Mims to run over 70% routes run again this week. And I, I think he is one of the most talented receivers on this team for sure. Uh, so yeah, I'd take a flyer on him. I think uh, the, the one guy I might think uh, would be sneaky for this one game slate would be Keelan Cole. Um, you know, he, he was able to run over 70% uh, routes run last week. He had a sick one-handed touchdown grab that they yes. overturned. He was just out, but I mean, he, he was getting hyped up all off season. Uh, the coaching staff does like him. So in a game like this, um, I would think Keelan Cole might be under rostered. So I, I, I might pivot to him, but I think the the cheat code for the jets for me is probably Ty Johnson. Um, just because all the attention is going to be on Michael Carter and rightfully so, but you know, Mike White is the, the check down King right now. Um, you know, between Carter and Johnson, they had 14 catches, uh, last week and the week before they had 14 catches as well. I need to go back and see how many of those were from, uh, Mike White, but it's clear that he targets his running backs. Um, so if Tevin Coleman is out again, I expect Ty Johnson to see, you know, around nine to 11 touches again, and probably be overlooked uh, compared to Michael Carter. So I think for the Jets specifically, Ty Johnson is going to be my cheat code. Yeah, I, I like that call a lot because, you know, we've seen this, especially on the, the short week. You know, I think they Johnson might even get a couple more carries um, since he's the number two back. They really haven't been using the number three back much after the first week or two, whether it's Coleman, whether it's uh, Michael P. Ryan. Uh, so it looks like those two guys are locked in. Uh, and yeah, I like Mims too. I think uh, he, because he's likely spending a ton of practice time with Mike White, you know, before last week, right? You know, as the backup, yeah, Mims yep. is always a scratch. He's on the second and third team. So I, I think those guys may have some chemistry there. So I like those guys. And then for the Colts, I think uh, Ashton Doolin, pretty much min price, uh, you know, is, is going to be the guy just because of, of usage. Because if you have Hilton out, you have no Paris Campbell, then Ashton Doolin becomes that number three uh, receiver, maybe you see some so a bump up for a guy like Kylan Granson uh, in this game, but it looks like Doolin is probably going to still be that guy who plays uh, on over fifty percent of the of the snaps as that third wide receiver. He played sixty. He ran a route, excuse me, sixty nine percent of the time two weeks ago uh, when Hilton was out. So I think you see that on a short week, you can't really kind of switch up the offense too much. So I think you yeah. see uh, another game where Doolin plays, you know, maybe 50% to even two thirds of the snaps. And, and he's basically free. Uh, and, uh, and the Colts are a kind of a schemed offense anyway. So especially if, if Pittman is getting kind of covered here, I think, uh, I think you can see Doolin or, or Pascal do some things and, and Pascal is just a lot more uh, expensive. Yeah. I love the Doolin call. Um, when, when it comes to the tight ends, I think, you know, I don't know if Granson is, you know, going to see more than 15% routes run here. So I don't know if we could trust him. Uh, but who do you like out of Moai Cox and Jack Doyle? Because Doyle, uh, his routes run have gone up um, uh, over 55% the past two games. And Mo Alley is still right around that 38%. He got shut out last week. Do you think people are going to like pass on Cox and he's the pivot play here? Or do you think uh, Doyle's the play? It's, or it either. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, no, I think, I think it's, with the Colts and remember Carson Wentz, he loves his tight end. So yeah, I, I do think it's always kind of, uh, you know, prudent to, to look at those guys in a small slate. Hold on. I'm just looking up. Uh, Cause the jets, 
play uh, more man coverage than than average. So I'm just looking up who I think it's. Yeah, it's yeah. I would go Cox here. I would, I would bet on a Cox uh, bounce back because Cox has nine targets versus man coverage this year. Doyle has only three, and as you said, Doyle's been playing more uh, on the season. So uh, that kind of tells me that you know, getting a one on one situation down the red zone, something like that. Jets probably play some man coverage. Uh, maybe you get a touchdown from Cox. So I'll go Cox here. Bounce yeah, back. that's what I was thinking. His touchdown upside is too good. Um, you know, Doyle got the touch on last week, but you know, Molly Cox, he's he's a beast. He's just, he's six foot five, two seventy. Um, so I still think he's Wentz's preferred uh, red zone target. So yeah, for me, I'm going with Cox as well. I think especially after a game where he gets shut out, uh, his roster ship's going to be a bit too low here. All right, let's get into quarterbacks for week nine. Uh, who is your top five uh, heading into the week? So I got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, still in the top five. Uh, and then I have Stafford and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I have Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, Hurts, and Stafford. And if Dak plays, uh, he could push the, you know Hurts and Stafford, who are pretty much tied for me. Um, you know He might end up fifth o- over those guys. But yeah, right now I have Hurts and Stafford in there as well. Uh, let's talk about some, some cheat codes then. Who do you like uh, this week in DFS? All right. So my top plays this week, I think, uh, you know, w- looking at the top, the expensive guys, I think Lamar Jackson makes the most sense. Um, he's coming off a bye, so his roster ship uh, should be in check. Uh, but these other guys, you know, I have concerns about all these other top guys. You know, Josh Allen's upside might be capped a bit. Um, if the Jaguars can't put up any points, you know, why, why would they keep throwing the ball in the second half? Um, can we even trust Patrick Mahomes right now? That's a fair question. Uh, and Kyler Murray may not play, um, but even if he does, you know, this ankle injury could limit not only his rushing upside, but, you know, his whole game is based on his mobility. So I think he could struggle even if he does suit up. So Lamar Jackson's just the guy um, I'm targeting at the top right now. Um, and then, you know, the the cheaper guys, I think Taysom Hill, uh, we need to see what Sean Payton does or if he even tips his hand a bit here, but um, he, he could end up sticking with Trevor Simeon after he did lean him to win against Tampa Bay last week. But if he announces Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback, you know, I would love him at 5,500. Um, you know, his rushing upside alone uh, provides low end QB one value. And last season when he made four starts, he was a QB six. So I would love me some Taysom Hill at 5.5 K if we know that he's starting. Um, and then Tyrod Taylor, he's just way too cheap at 5K. So again, if he suits up this week, um, his rushing upside alone uh, makes him worth this uh, price. Um, so, yeah, and, and I guess Brandon Cooks hasn't been traded yet. Um, so, that, <laughs> like, uh, this is a caveat. If Brandon Cooks gets traded, I will not be targeting Tyrod Taylor, but assuming Cooks is still on the team, uh, I would love Tyrod Taylor at 5K this week. Okay. Um, yeah, I like Tyrod if he plays. I think, uh, you know, Taysom, obviously, but I, I actually think they might stick with Trevor Simeon just because that offense was kind of built around Jameis, and I think Simeon's more of a one-for-one replacement. Um, but we'll see. Cause you know, also Taysom, we don't know when he's going to be able to practice. That's really yeah. the issue. You know, if you can't, if you can't practice the full week and I guess we'll know that by tomorrow, but if he can't practice the full week, I doubt they, they start him. You know, if he practices only like one or two yeah. days, <laughs> if, if, if it's Sunday morning, they had, you know, they have announced Trevor Simeon as the starting quarterback. I want nothing to do with Taysom Hill, obviously, but yeah, that's, that's true. He hasn't even cleared the concussion protocol yet, or he just yeah. hasn't, he hasn't been able to practice. So yeah, that's, that's another concern with him for sure. Uh, for me, I like Jalen hurts. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep going back to Jalen hurts. I know he had a, a bad game, but Eagles scored 44 points. That was more of like variance. You know, the, the running backs got all the touchdowns. 
uh, in this game and they played against Detroit. But in all the other games, Hertz had 20 or more fantasy points. His price came down as a result of the touchdown variance, which is always better than his price coming down because he absolutely sucks. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Jalen Hurts here. I think he is, you know, continue. You got to continue to lock him in here in cash games. Uh, you know, he's the top five. He, every week we, we talk about our top five and uh, and he's in there. So uh, continuing to, to play him to a tongue of Iloa if he's still on the Dolphins. I mean, whoever, whichever team he's on in this game, he's going to be on one or the other. It doesn't look like he's going to use. Uh, Would you trust him if he gets traded to the Texans this week? If he had Brandon Cooks, sure. I mean, the but Dolphins. I have like almost as little respect for the Dolphins. Defense. Just a few games of practice. Yeah, few games of practice. You wouldn't. I mean, I would take a, I would take a, a flyer on him. I mean, against yeah. his former team, revenge game. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah, and he's playing well. I mean, he's playing well against you know bad defenses, so. Uh, but this is uh, again, this is a bad defense. He's we gotta assume he's still on Miami. So uh, right now he is my QB nine uh, on the week. Uh, love to uh, this week against Houston, and uh, finally Daniel Jones. You know Daniel Jones should have somebody catching the ball. I think Tony escaped. I know I know his hand got stepped on. Seems like he gets hurt in some ridiculous way every game. Yeah. But uh, I think he should be out there. Shepard, we have to see. Maybe he gets Gaudet and or Barkley back. Uh, he'll still have Slayton. Uh, looks like Dante Pettis got hurt, but they still have John Ross to run some deep routes. So they have enough there for me to go back to trusting Daniel Jones in these kind of spots. You know, Vegas, uh, very easy defense to kind of prepare for. Just mostly you're going to get cover three. I think the top three in zone uh, coverage rate. So not one of those matchups where I think Daniel Jones is going to, to be overthinking it. I think he's kind of going to be able to just drop back, throw the football, get some easy completions in the zone uh, and, uh, and run the ball some. So like Daniel Jones uh, as well this week. So it hurts Tua and Jones for me. Yeah. So how concerned are you at all uh, about like, you know, Gardner Minshew possibly um, replacing it hurts at, uh, probably not this week, but just when, in terms of like season long, do you think Jalen hurts is probably a sell high right now? Nah, absolutely no, not. You think they're just going <laughs> to no. roll with him all season? He's a top five quarterback. Like it's just- Well, I know in fantasy, I know in fantasy, I'm just saying, you know, the Eagles, down the road may swap out for Gardner Minshew. That just the rumor. So you're not worried about it at all. Yeah, I mean it's Gardner Minshew. If that happens, you you eat that. But like you're not. I'm not yeah. trading a top six. I think he's QB six overall. I'm not trading a top six fantasy quarterback with with ridiculous rushing upside because he can't throw as well as people would like. Uh, he just runs more. So yeah, no, I I would not sell high at all on Jalen Hurts. Like I want. Jalen Hurts is a guy I'm trying to start every week. Yes. As long as he's starting. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's no real, if you really look at it, there's no real incentive to play Minshew. If there was, he would have been active backing up Hurts instead of, what was it, Joe Flacco? Like, if they, yeah, you know what I mean? If they really thought that Minshew, they wanted to see Minshew and evaluate him instead of Hurts, they would have just had him active on game day over Joe Flacco. Because we know exactly what Joe Flacco is. And Joe Flacco can easily you know, just hold a, a clipboard and, and, and <laughs> tutor hurts in the meetings without being active on game days. So I don't think that trade, I think that trade was just, yeah, Hey, the Jets needed a quarterback. They traded him. Now Minshew's here. I like, I, I don't buy into that. Okay. Well, that was a personal question. Cause I have hurts in like every single league. Yeah, yeah, so roll with it, man. Like, you yeah, know, we've no, seen I'm, I'm weirder things happen. I'm, we've seen am, weirder things happen. I'm and, rolling with that. I just never trust the Eagles. So. Well, just if you're in any week, <laughs> 18 fantasy leagues. Just remember that they did bench him yeah. last year to get a better draft pick. So that, exactly. that's when you got to start worrying. If you get to late <laughs> in the season, maybe, and they, they're, they're tanking, 
maybe then, but right now, no, nah, I think you, you keep playing them in DFS. You keep starting. You, you just want them every, I would buy them. Honestly, if somebody's scared off by that, that game or that news, I would buy her. Like, I would, just yeah. give me her. Like, uh, all right. Uh, what's the prop for quarterback? Uh, so we're going Justin Fields rushing yards. Uh, he's finally broken out um, as a dual threat quarterback. So curious to hear where you're projecting him early in the week. Uh, but I have his prop at 45 and a half yards right now. Ooh, 45 and a half. I'm going to go over. I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to be able to throw the ball at all against, <laughs> against <Yeah. laughs> Pittsburgh. I mean, this is Pittsburgh. We're in Pittsburgh. Like, you don't, you're not going to call. First of all, the Bears don't call passing plays for Justin Fields as it is. You're not going to call passing plays in Pittsburgh against this defense. He's been abysmal under pressure. And, oh, now we figured out that he can run. Like, so, yeah, I think I think you got to go over this. I know this is kind of what we were hoping for for a while. And you kind of pointed out that, hey, he hasn't been running, so we can't rank him that high. And now he's starting to run. We still can't rank him high, but at least, you know, we can take the overs on his props. I think there's going to be a readjustment period from the market, I think he might go over in like the next two or three straight games before the market kind of adjusts. So yeah, I like the, over. yeah, I think the, the market's still trying to adjust for Jalen hurts. I feel like every week I'm saying, take Jalen hurts over 42 and a half rushing yards. So yeah, if, if, if we see Justin Fields with his prop, anything under 40, I'm smashing the over as well. Is that where, where do you have the line? Is that your line? Yeah, that's why I'm saying okay. 45 and a half. It's, it's a tough line to set because like I said earlier in the season, I, I didn't think they were going to let him run that much. Um, so I was projecting way under the market. The market had opened him up in the thirties. Yeah. Um, but I think they probably have over adjusted. And now that he's running, they're going to be too slow to, you know, bump him up. So I think this week his prop should be in the thirties, um, but it should absolutely be in the forties by now. Yeah. Let me see. I just want to look at how many, I want to see if they're calling more design. Runs. His scramble rate. Yeah. Yeah. Versus his design runs. Cause it feels like he's getting a couple more design runs, but you never, you know, just watching the games, um, sometimes it's hard to keep track. So let me see here. Looks like he. No, it looks like he only had two design runs last week and they went for 103 yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, you know, the reg, the huge. Um, let's see. And then scrambles, he had. So the, so the scrambles, here's, here's what's actually, you know, I would still bet the over on this, though. Here's his scrambles in uh, his starts. One, one, zero, five, seven, eight. Yep. So in his first three starts, he never scrambled more than once. And then in his last three starts, he's gone from five to seven to eight. So that is really, I think, what's changed with Fields. He's learning as he gets more feel for the pocket and feel for his own throwing ability um, and, and you know his receiver's ability to get open. He's realizing that, okay, here's where I got to pull it down and and run the ball. So I think that's what's changing even more than the design runs. I would like to see them call more design runs. That's actually criminal that they, that they're calling like one, two a game. Like, let's see, what's his high in in his starts. He's got, here's his design runs. And I, and I believe kneel downs are included in this, but I don't think, I don't think he's had many kneel downs, but uh, two, two, three, one, one, two. That's, that's ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> like that—that's ridiculous. So that's a that's a naggy thing, right? Yeah, a laser. Yeah. Of course, he gets 103 on the one week. Naggy is not on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, well, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> but Maybe. like, here's the here's what's crazy about it. You want to hear? All right, here's his design runs in the last three games. Okay. One carry, 43. One carry, 38. Two carries, 103. He's got four carries 
for 184 yards. That was unreal. Four times. Like this is all. I'm not even this. I didn't prepare this. This wasn't in our outline, people. I I am looking this up in real time, and I'm just mystified by this. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, Matt Nagy. Somebody fire this dude. Uh, let's uh, let's get let's get into running backs. This is an interesting week. I must say I am interested in your top five. This is not the <laughs> top five that I thought you were going to throw out there. What, what the is hell your top is that five supposed running to mean? Back? No, like I just, well, it's, it's not a bad top five. I just, yeah, I, it's, it's like scrambles from what I thought it was going to be and from what consensus is. So uh, let's give me your top five. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty bunched up at the top. So this could change a ton, but I have Jonathan Taylor, number one, Najee Harris, number two, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler and Zeke. Okay. I got to ask you first and foremost, is the Alvin Kamara thing because of the possibility Taysom starts or just because Ingram was a little, cause a little more involved, uh, you know, last week than like Tony Jones and why not both other guys. Okay. Why not both? No, just yeah. Like I, I really think that's going to uh, impact them. Uh, I really do. And you know, I still think he's going to be a top five running back. I'm not like saying, Oh, move him outside your top 10, but I think that's enough to move him below a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, has seen his receiving usage go up as well. He's in a smash spot. Um, I, I just love Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, and Najee Harris as well. Like, yeah, I can't complain about Najee Harris. So it's just circumstances. And yeah, I think both factors um, had me, you know, downgrade Kamara just slightly this week. Yeah, I have, I still have number one. Uh, still have Dalvin Cook number two, Jonathan Taylor three, Harris four, Henderson five. So my mine are still more, I guess, uh, kind of, they kind of resemble more of like the season long or, you know, year to date ranks. Um, You know, I, just because again, we don't know yet if Taysom's going to start, I'm leaning toward he's not, but I still maintain that. I think that was more of a fluky small sample size last year than just. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting though. Cause Mark Ingram actually got, he cut into Kamara's passing game usage last week against Tampa Bay. So that, that was interesting. Like Kamara still got, I believe it was 72% of the backfield carries. Uh, so that's kind of where he's been at, you know, in the seventies or eighties in, in terms of percentage, but his routes run went down to 47%, which was a little bit, a little bit odd. So um, I think that re- kind of rebounds, you know, they, they kind of do this from week to week, but uh, yeah, I'm still going Kamara cook one, two uh, until further notice, but I do love Taylor. I have him third. Uh, I still think Daryl Henderson gets underrated each and every week. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, this guy is, I mean, he, the, the thing about Sean McVay, he just doesn't play other guys, right? Like, it's like Deshaun Jackson was the fourth receiver. Sean McVay loves to scheme up all these exotic pass concepts, and he still couldn't even get on the field. So it's like <laughs> McVay plays his starting skill guys on offense, and, and that's pretty much that. So uh, still still rolling with Daryl Henderson in this matchup against this you know Tennessee team that uh, now you know can't just run you know run down the clock and play keep away uh, as well yep. as they could. Before. So yeah, love Henderson this week. Uh, where are we going for our uh, cheat codes? So for the the more expensive guys this week, I like Zeke at 7K and Nick Chubb, my boy, at 6.7K. But I think, you know, Zeke, he struggled last week without Dak. We saw that almost all of last year. So he should get an upgrade with Dak expected back this week. Um, So love Zeke at that that price. Um, Nick Chubb, you know, he he was a bit disappointing last week. Um, You know, who knows if he was a bit rusty or maybe not 100% after being out for a couple of games. Uh, but there's no cream hunt. So, you know, this is his backfield. Dearest Johnson did chip in a bit, but, you know, his usage was much lower than what we'd see from a cream hunt. 
So I think Nick Chubb gets going this week. Uh, it's not a great matchup at Cincinnati, but this is an AFC North battle. It could be a run-heavy game. So I like Chubb at 6.7K. Um, and then some of the, the running backs that could be in very positive game scripts, like Zach Moss, love him this week at 5.3K against the Jaguars. Uh, he's too cheap for this matchup. He, you know, the, the Bills could lean on Moss heavily in the second half once this game's out of hand. He's a good bet for you know two touchdowns this game. His receiving usage has gone up significantly the past four games. Uh, he's led Devin Singletary in routes run each of the last four games, and he's averaged 3.7 receptions a game over the past four games. So I love Zach Moss here. Uh, and then both Dolphins running backs against the Texans this week. Um, you know, they're going to have a rare positive game script where they can be a little bit That's more run heavy. That's well, not it's not guaranteed, but the Dolphins are than... an absolute dumpster fire. Like, I, I think they're worse than the Texans at this point. So I'm not, well, the Texans I just want to stop you right fire. there. Like, don't, let me just, don't, don't, don't just lock that in. No, One, just... two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've lost seven games in a row. Yeah. Don't just so lock that in. If they have a just neutral game script, yeah. that's going to okay, help. That's better. I just, just I couldn't uh, let you get away with that one. Just not, give, me, not... give me a neutral game. They're, what are they? Seven point favorites? Yeah. We're not guaranteeing any positive game scripts for this Dolphin team. Who oh, should, yeah, they, should right. be 0 and 8. they should be 0 and 8. Like their one yeah. move was by one point over yeah, I, the Patriots when they when they when, when the I, Patriots did the one thing Bill Belichick tells them never to do is fumble in the red zone. yeah I had so I I bet on the Dolphins week one so I watched that game very closely <laughs> and they absolutely got lucky yeah yeah <laughs> so like, don't, just don't just don't I'm, guarantee it that's what I'm saying I, I, I like Gaskin too but don't just don't guarantee yeah, a positive okay game maybe script. not maybe not a guarantee <laughs> I'll guarantee at least a neutral game okay script. okay okay, okay. um so I think Gaskin <laughs> and Ahmed are in play because also Malcolm Brown is out so that helps you know, clear up the confusion around the Dolphins running backs. Um, so I think Ahmed could be an interesting play at 4K uh, if, if he's going to be low rostered. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> I guess it's crazy to think that the Dolphins will be in a neutral game script this week, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, and they were in a neutral game script for at least some of the time against the Falcons uh, in that game. So, like, they can do it against these, like, shaky teams, but you never know with this team. Like, this the, Dol- the Dolphins could absolutely lose this game, especially if Tyrod Taylor is back. So that, yeah, you know, yeah. that is, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, in the Broncos, I mean, they started the year very good against the run. They're now 27 in DVOA against the run. So that this is a good spot for Zeke. And remember, the Broncos just traded Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, and they already lost those two, you know, two of their inside linebackers against the, you know, guys yep. that they would play against the run, Alexander Johnson and uh, – uh, I forget the other one. It's not coming to me at the moment, but they're just losing a lot of guys at that second level uh, and, and in that front seven that could guard against the run. So this could be a, a big spot, a big bounce back spot for Zeke. So I love that. I love your call on Chubb, getting him at a at a discount uh, as well. Uh, for me, I'm going Aaron Jones, and this is just a, a matchup play, right? You have to look at, you know, Jones, I haven't been all that thrilled with his usage, to be honest this year. I mean, he's not getting that true like 80% running back one usage. And I heard him say on that telecast in the Arizona game that the one thing they wanted him to work on is getting stronger and bigger. Um, So I guess they do feel like they want to limit him to that, like 15, 20 touches, but against the chiefs, as we saw with Devontae Booker and even Elijah Penny broke a a big, big pass play. (laughs) I mean, this is just a a smash spot for any back going against going against the Chiefs. So they're, they're 29th in run defense. DVOA. Um, they've been, they're always going to kind of concede the run. This is just what they do in, in, in terms of their philosophy on defense under, under Steve Spagnola. So uh, they're also 26th in DVOA on passes to running back. 
So this is just a great spot for Jones, regardless of and how exactly they game plan for him this week. Uh, and, and kind of, you know, to your point about, or to our kind of like mixed up top fives this week at running back, there's a lot of these guys in the upper tier. There's no like clear cut guy, especially if you're yeah. worried about Kamara. So, you know, Aaron Jones, this is a week where you can feel decent about paying, you know, near top, top tier price for, for him. The matchup is just great. Uh, and I like Cordero Patterson. And that's because I don't think he's going to be used as strictly a running back this week. You know, we, we like to fade backs against the Saints. Uh, but I think Patterson with no Calvin Ridley uh, has that, you know, seven to 10 catch upside. He had his second highest routes run percentage of the year in the game that Ridley missed. And, uh, you know, even last week we saw you know, Russell Gage didn't really step up. He um, hasn't really stepped up with Ridley out. So I like Patterson because he might only get, you know, like 20, 25 rushing yards this week. But uh, I think he could get, you know, anywhere from six to 10 catches uh, against the Saints team. So uh, like Patterson uh, as that dual threat guy, just amazing usage for a guy you could still get at a mid-tier price tag. And then uh, Chuba Hubbard, he's averaging 21.8 touches in the last four games. You know how many times the Panthers ran last week? Uh, 32 times. 47. Oh, that's true. I thought, okay. <laughs> they ran well, I thought it was going to be high, but not that high. <laughs> yeah, they are all the way out on Sam Darnold. And I mean, yeah. he's in the concussion protocol. PJ Walker almost threw a game away. Uh, when he came in for Darnold, I mean, first of all, that was just. A, did you see that the, the sequence of plays? Uh, yeah, I was watching I, that. I had the Panthers plus. Yeah, I watched so almost I. the entire game. What, which player are you talking? Oh about? my! This whole sequence where it's like, okay, <laughs> it looks like we're, we're in good shape here. I think we're up twelve to ten. Uh, so you have the plus three. You got to be feeling good. But they're coming down the field. Darnold gets lit up on like oh. a keeper. Lit up like like he he almost fumbles the ball in in the red zone. Yeah, he like, like caught his, it. Like he yeah. did fumble, but he caught it. Yeah, he yeah, caught that it. one. Yeah. Uh, on the very next play, they call another quarterback run, and he gets plastered again. <laughs> and like, yeah, can't that was get a, up. that was a rough hit. Yeah, like he took a beating that game. I don't know why they put him in like in that position to begin with. Just yeah, I mean, the Hubbard. second run was was egregious. Like right yeah. after he just got almost fumbled the ball, then. PJ Walker comes in and immediately throws this like ill-advised pass when he should have just thrown it away that bounces up in the air in the in the end zone. Like it, it could have easily been picked off, uh, and it wasn't. And then and then they finally end up, I think, scoring a touchdown somehow. But like it was just a mess. <laughs> like it was if they wanted to like throw away that game, they could have easily done it. Cause that could have been they could, Walker could have got picked six on on oh yeah uh, on his for sure. So yeah, it was bad. But it, that my point is Chuba <laughs> Hubbard. I think he's going to get a ton of touches, like close to that, you know, 20. Assuming McCaffrey doesn't return this week. It looks like he's going to be out for another week. To, they're saying like he might practice this week because they just want to see where he's at in his recovery. But they said like week 10 is the more realistic. Okay. Date. And now, you know, I think it's 18 of 24 games McCaffrey has missed under Matt rule. So at this point, I don't think they're, like they're not trying to bring him back too soon, so that's what I'm hearing. You know, it could yeah, change, especially a, a, like a hamstring injury. You got to be yeah. careful because if he tweaks it again, now he's back on the IR. So I get why they would, um, you know, trim with kids' gloves. And Chuba Hubbard has been playing well. So and yeah. I forgot they gave uh, Amir Abdullah eight carries as well. So that's probably where that 42 number comes from. Is they gave Amir Abdullah eight carries. 47. I keep underestimating it. Yeah. Uh, they gave Amira Abdullah eight carries. So yeah, which is only like 20%. So it's like the normal, like, you know, backup like <laughs> yeah. guy, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, 
it's it's run or nothing now for Carolina, and they're in a game against the Patriots where they're going to be able to do that. I mean, I'm sure the Bill Belichick will do some things like stack the box at some point and and dare them to throw, but they'll still, I mean, they'll probably still just run. So Mm -hmm. uh, volume is what you want for running backs like Chuba this week. And we saw a guy like Austin Eckler, you know, still get pretty heavily involved um, last week against the Patriots. They haven't been as good stopping a run uh, these last couple of years. You know, they're, they're past defense where they can scheme things up. That's where they really excel. Uh, but uh, who do we got for our prop at running back for this week? So obviously we're going with Adrian Peterson, total rushing yards, um, assuming he gets called up and plays this week, right? Um, so I have I have his line set at, well, I'm still coming up with it right now, uh, <laughs> 49 and a half rushing yards. You going Ooh. over or under that? I will go... Based on the limited information we have uh, on Tuesday so far, I will go. Ooh, that's a good line. Uh, I'll go <laughs> under. I'll go under. I'll play the yeah. game script. I'll, I'll play the game script. I'm. I'm actually no. I, I'll take that back. I'm going to go over because I think the Titans, it's a good line if if you're yeah. having a debate like this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm going to go over <laughs> okay. because I'm looking at my numbers and I can't. Like I don't know that the Titans completely abandoned their run heaviness. Like I, against the Rams, I still think you want to try to run the ball. The Rams mm-hmm. kind of invite you to run. So I think Peterson could get like, you know, 15 carries for like, you know, 55 yards or something like that, yeah. you know? So yeah, I'll go, I'll go over, but uh, obviously things could change. They did sign Deontay Foreman, who was with the team last year. So I'm wow. guessing he'll be kind of, he'll kind of slot in as that number three back, but they don't seem to be making any major moves outside of Peterson here. So I think McNichols' role stays the same. We talked about that on the pod yesterday, uh, and uh, and yeah, I, I think uh, I think we see a heavy dose of AP. Is he even up on uh, DraftKings or FanDuel yet? I haven't seen any pricing. But it's a, it's a it's a showdown slate. Oh, so. he's on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so even I haven't better. I haven't checked yet either. We'll break down the sh- yeah, Sunday showdown sure. slate on the uh, on our Friday props episode. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen. Uh, they'll, they'll probably that's why they usually wait. Um, all right, uh, let's go to wide receiver. Who is your top five at wide receiver for week number nine? Uh, well, this is a pretty standard top five at this point. I have Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, although he hasn't been in your top five of late, uh, and then Jamar Chase. So I uh, I got a, like, you, earlier in the year, you told me to, uh, I don't know, what, did you say slap you? I don't know what you told me to do every time Uh-oh. you didn't have Cooper Cup oh, in your top five. I know where this is going. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to institute that same rule for Debo Samuel. Where is oh, Debo okay. Samuel? Why is he he's not He's probably in top like five? six. Like he's always <laughs> just on the cusp. What does he have to do? Like what else does he have to do? Uh, I uh, Probably nothing at this point. He probably does deserve to be the top five, right? Um, yeah. yeah he's right there. Yeah, I'm fourth. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, if, if Devontae Adams is like any bit of questionable, I mean – He's probably going to move to third right. uh, behind only Cup. And oh, Hill. you know what it is? Uh, so, you know, George Kittle's expected to be back. So that like that might be why he's point three away from the top five. <laughs> it, but it's so close. But I think it has to be George Kittle returning. Yeah, uh, I mean, is why he's not in my top five. If I had any legit reason, that's it. But I appreciate your concern and, you know, slapping me in the face over this because <laughs> Debo is one of those guys where it's just like you just have to rank him in the top five at this point. Yeah, I'm going Cup Hill, Adam, Samuel, and Jamar Chase here. Uh, Devon Diggs is like right there as well. Um, this is a good week for him, but he's still not running as many routes as last year. Uh, he's down about 85% for the year. I think he was around 80% last week. So 
Um, he's productive, but you know, you kind of talked about it with this Bills game script. Uh, with a guy like Diggs, if he's he's kind of sitting out some snaps like earlier in the game, not just it's not just like okay, there's a blowout and he comes out. Um, you know, that's that's some that's a little bit of an issue just for his top five status. I I still have him six. Maybe he ends up in the top five. Uh, you know, throughout the week, but uh, yeah, that's that's the only reason I have Diggs a tiny bit lower. Uh, all right, who are your DFS cheat codes for this week at receiver? Uh, well, you mentioned him, but I think Devontae Adams at 8.2K, we'll have to see how he looks when he returns to practice. I guess Thursday he's expected to return. So if if he's shaping up to, to be close to 100%, I think he's a no-brainer play at 8.2K, especially against the Chiefs. Um, Robert Tunyon is out. So, you know, Devontae Adams, uh, his touchdown upside goes up even more if it's even possible. Um, plus, you know, there, there's a lot of good option, good cheap options at running back this week. I think I'm spending up at receiver regardless. So I like Adams. Um, you know, T. Higgins seems to be stuck on 5,300. So I'm going to keep playing him until his price goes up. But um, he had another ho-hum, like four catch for 97 yards. Yeah. Game last week, but no touchdowns. You know, he hasn't scored since week two. Uh, those touchdowns are coming. And, you know, Jamar Chase getting all the attention and rightfully so. Um, you know, T Higgins still is under the radar. Um, so I, I like his upside. He's going to blow up at some point and then we'll see his price go up closer to six K, uh, which is where it probably should be. Um, and then Quez Watkins, we'll have to see, uh, Jalen Rager's status, but he's dealing with an ankle injury. So if he's out, um, you know, Quez Watkins is, is a guy that really hasn't had a ceiling game all year, but, um, if Rager's out, you know, his, his odds of having a ceiling game go up, uh, could be a sneaky shootout against the chargers. So. I like Quez Watkins at 3.8K if, uh, you know, Rager's ruled out. Um, and then one other guy I want to talk about is Hunter Renfro at uh, 4,800 against the Giants. I was going to say, you know, um, I like his upside if Darren Waller uh, were to be out or play less than 100%. But after this absolutely tragic story of, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs, I'd be shocked if Henry Ruggs plays again this year. I mean, that whole story uh, makes me sick just to think about, but um, you know, they're going to have to lean on Hunter Renfro even more. Um, so I, I like him at 4,800 as well. Yeah. And for those who haven't uh, been caught up on the news, uh, it was reported that Henry Ruggs received a DUI uh, for a uh, a death in, in a car accident. So uh, apparently he was behind the wheel, hit another car. That's what's being reported anyway. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be charged. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, somebody somebody passed away. Um, you know, our thoughts are with their, their family and, uh, and yeah, it's just a, it's just a bad situation, but uh, yeah, that would look like that he would kind of end up maybe on the commissioner's exempt list or something. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this regardless of, of Waller status and he's, you know, I don't know if he's a lock to play at this point. I mean, I, you know, they're coming off a buy, so they're probably keep it close yeah. to the vest. He was a late addition to the injury report and then didn't play last week. So that you never know. Cause you know, you don't know how bad he, he hurt it in, 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 I guess, practice. Um, so, so we'll see about that, but yeah, I like Renfro. Um, he's just been a, he's been a consistent guy pretty much all year, um, for, for the Raiders, you know, regardless of the situation, uh, I will, I'll start off, you know, with Jamar chase, uh, for my cheat code, Cleveland is 29th in, in DVOA against number one receivers and 30th in a schedule adjusted yards per game allowed to number one. So, uh, I like the, uh, you know, going in on this, this Bengals passing game here against the Browns and, Cincinnati at home. Um, they're favored by only three. I think the line moved from two and a half to three, but um, is, 
is, are you concerned at all about this game script for the Browns? I mean, they haven't really been able to even hit 20 points on offense these last uh, few weeks. So, I mean, that, because if, if the Bengals control this game, that may be the only thing I'm worried about with their past game here is <laughs> just, um, you know, they've been somewhat conservative uh, when, when they control games. But how do you see this, this game playing out for the Browns and the Bengals? Yeah, that, I mean, if if the Browns are trailing by seven or more all game, that's not good for Nick Chubb, Chubb obviously. <laughs> yeah, which or both or of them, right? Nick, <laughs> Nick Chubb, Chubb and Nick and Chubb. Chubb. <laughs> Chubb. Uh, that's Darius Johnson uh, for people who missed out on my mishap <laughs> back in week <laughs> six or seven. Um, but yeah, like you know, Baker Mayfield's playing through a torn uh, labrum in his left shoulder, um, so he's always going to be at risk. Um, to re-injure that in-game and possibly have to sit out. So, um, you know, that's a concern. Uh, and, yeah, th- just this this is a game that could get out of hand where the, the Bengals lean on the run and Joe Mixon. So that that's certainly a concern. And, yeah, if, when we're talking about the spread, I think I do like Cincinnati minus two and a half. You got me excited when you said they were plus two. Yeah, no. Earlier, I, I, but, yeah, this, this seems like a sneaky game to take Cincinnati. And, yeah, I think Joe Mixon could have a big game because – this could end up being uh, more of a positive game script than we're realizing right now. Yeah. So that's the only thing that, you know, with like, with like, you know, going all in on like a chase Higgins burrow stack is yeah. just that, but I mean, it, it is still a close spread. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Cleveland's been bad on past years. They've been bad uh, against number one receivers. Uh, and uh, my second one is going to be your boy. I think it's finally time. <laughs> to jump back on the Mike Williams train. Yes. This is the matchup. Good. This, this is, is the matchup. Hear. This is the matchup. Okay. Philly, top three in zone. They play zone over 80% of the time on defense. They just line up and play. Like, this is what they do. They don't switch it up week to week. They're not blitzing. They're not throwing exotics out there. It's just line up, play that quarters coverage, play that, play some cover two. You know, that, that's what they're going to do. Mike Williams against man coverage this year. Just 15 targets and eight catches. Mike Williams against zone coverage, 38 targets, 23 catches. He's their guy against zone. Keaton Allen is their guy against man. That's why last week, you know, I was more on Allen uh, going against the Patriots who, I mean, they played a little more zone than they usually do, but Mm -hmm. they're more of a man heavy team. But this is, you can pretty much count on it. Just book it. Philadelphia is going to play zone uh, 80 to 90% of the time uh, in this spot. So this is a Mike Williams bounce back spot, a blow up spot, all that good stuff for him. I, Herbert, we're back on him yeah, after another, another bad game against Belichick, which I did call out earlier in the week. Yes. I was like, yo, that this, this worries me a little bit, but uh, Herbert's right there, you know, almost close to my top five as well. So love the Herbert Williams stacks. Didn't mention Herbert earlier, uh, but love Williams this week. This is, I expect him to have a big, big bounce back here. Uh, Brandon cooks is assuming he's still on uh, Houston. And if Tyrod comes back, it's even better, but Miami, Again, Howard and Jones haven't been playing great. Uh, Miami's 20th in DVOA against number one receivers. They're 24th in schedule-adjusted uh, receiving yards per game allowed to number one receivers. So, uh, like Cooks, he's still in that very affordable price range where uh, you can play him a cash game, really. Uh, Amari Cooper, another guy I like based on the matchup. Uh, you know, if Dak comes back, that's even better. But even if he doesn't, I think then his roster ship will be down. Uh, mm-hmm. I would still play him. He's under 6K. Denver is the man heaviest team in the league in terms of scheme. Their pass rush obviously took a hit without with Von Miller being traded to the Rams. And you look at man coverage and what, you know, who's kind of the, the guy that they go to 
And it's Amari Cooper. He's got 21 targets against man coverage to just 14 for CeeDee Lamb. So Lamb leads the team in targets against zone coverage. But Denver is one of those teams that they play like 60% man. Like that's very rare in today's NFL. Like even most man-heavy teams are still playing more zone than man. But not Denver. Denver plays more man than zone. Um, and then Cooper's had, uh, he's been their guy that they go to against, against man coverage. Um, he's got four touchdowns uh, against man. So uh, obviously Lamb is a good play too. But um, just for the value here, I love Cooper in this spot. Kadarius Tony's another one. There's a lot of receivers I like to see. Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm only going to give one tight end. So that's why I'm going in. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just only one tight end I, I love uh, <laughs> that, that you aren't going to talk about. Uh, so, but at wide receiver, there's a bunch of guys here. So um, wide receiver is always a position that, you know, yes. it's key to getting right in, in these tournaments, especially. But Kadarius Tony, Vegas is another zone-heavy team. They're second most zone coverage. Gus Bradley, cover three, that's what they do. Kadarius Tony. Uh, you know, leads the team in yardage versus zone coverage. And even with all these missed games and, you know, starting the year with no role, um, he's got 242 yards. He's tied for the lead in, with 22 targets on the Giants against zone. He's caught 19 of the 22. So this is the kind of matchup where we should see Tony kind of bust out of the gate early. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another one of those, like, three catch opening drives uh, again yeah. this week for the for the Giants. Uh, Jamal Agnew is another guy I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep playing. Uh, as long as he's getting 8.3 targets, 5.7 catches, 52 yards, uh, which he's that's his averages over the last three games. And finally, uh, Miko Hardman. I think you go back to him. He's averaging 7.2 targets, five and a half catches, 57 yards over the last four games. And I mentioned earlier, Patrick Mahomes throwing underneath at the highest rate he ever has in his career uh, against the Giants. I think that's going to continue because that's one of the things that that he pointed to himself as something that he needed to do more of throw underneath, take the check down, take the, the lower, um, the more high percentage completion and Hardman's average up the target is still, uh, you know, under 10 yards. It's in the single digits. So uh, I think he's going to continue catching four five, six balls a game here. Uh, like he has been over this past month. So like Hardman as well. Nice. Uh, love all these receivers. Uh, but I have one specific question for you yeah. in terms of projections. Are you starting to project passing? Attempts, yards, anything for Kadarius Tony? I don't usually do it for receivers, but I I'm thinking of starting because there seems to be a few receivers that are getting them kind of like more than just like once a year, like yeah. Jacoby Meyer, like everyone on the Patriots. Kadarius Tony, Odell Beckham tends to get get him and Landry tend to get a couple pass attempts. So uh, yeah, it's something I might have to start doing. What about yeah, you? like yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do it for a guy like Odell Beckham, um, but. Like I read that that game where Tony played like three snaps and then he got pulled from the game because he got hurt. I, I read that they had, you know, wildcat plays for him and he was expected to attempt a pass or two. And I said last night, I wouldn't be surprised if he throws a touchdown to Sterling Shepard or something that almost happened. But I'm wondering if they're going to start using Tony like for one and two pass attempts a game. I mean, why not? Uh, so, yeah, that's his. My point is his value is just it's being held back right now because of all the injuries he's had but he's going to erupt. I'm expecting a monster second half from him. So if you're in season long leagues, trade for him while you can. So I'm just thinking if I start projecting passing yards for him, he's going to be in my top 20 any week now. Yeah, he should absolutely buy, buy low on him after that yes. shaky game. Like this is, and especially because Stern Shepard can't stay healthy. I mean, I know Tony's Tony's having these like freak injuries, but Shepard's having the soft tissue injuries. And that's, yeah. that's a whole different story. 
So, um, yeah, I, I love that call on, on Tony. I think I think you mentioned Jay Wado, another guy like these rookies, you know, second half of the year. Yeah. You know, any, any, and especially also watch for the guys, you know, coming out of buys over these next few weeks. You expect uh, an uptick in usage. But, uh, yeah, Tony should be heavily involved going forward and, and it should start this week. Uh, all right. What are we doing for our wide receiver prop? Uh, so let's go. This is the part of the Bengals Browns game. I didn't really hit on yet, but it's Odell Beckham under and yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> the thing is like, now I'm going to lower it just a little bit more, <laughs> sure, but under. how low should we be projecting him now? And what is going on? I mean, obviously he's hurt. Um, I saw his father was talking shit about Baker, uh, on Twitter. Like, you know, there, there's some rumors he might be traded. Uh, doesn't look like it happened. So he's he's stuck in Cleveland right now. Uh, do, do you sense like Baker forcing on the ball this week or like what's going on there? But I have his projection at 33 and a half yards. Is that too low? Ooh, that is pretty. I mean, I have it around 40. <laughs> so that, that's, that's super low. Uh, well, I had it at 37 and a half. Okay. You scare me down. Yeah, that, that's that's about right. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll go over just because that, that's like ridiculously low. And I think they may get behind against Cincinnati, as I alluded to. Yeah, that. That was my point as well, but yeah. But he's just not that good anymore. Like he, uh, that that's really what's going on with him. Like I think, like it's not. I don't think it's on Baker. Like Baker's rightly not forcing the ball to like a mediocre receiver. It's like would you force the ball to Donovan Peoples Jones? You know what I mean? Would you force the ball to Rashard Higgins? Like Beckham is not that much better than these guys anymore. Like he's he's better than he's good enough to start in this league, but he's not really making any of the special plays. Right. He's not making yeah. the explosive plays. He's not getting the crazy separation and winning quickly off the line of scrimmage like he did when he was a member of the Giants early in his career before the injuries. And I really think it's just a matter of the injuries more than anything. It's also a low volume pass offense. So, you know, if he has a couple of bad plays, he's not able to rectify that. Like with the Giants, they were throwing like 35, 40 times a game because they sunk. And, you know, they yeah. just, it's kind of what they did. They had Odell Beckham. So it's just a it's a combination of all those things. Jarvis Landry's also a target hog and is just better at getting open than Odell Beckham at this point in their respective yeah. careers, uh, even though he's coming off a bad game of his own. Uh, and then on top of that, Beckham always seems to, uh, you know, he doesn't always make it through games or, or is able to play like the full complement of snaps. Like his routes run was 85, 86, 89% his first three games, then 56%, 69%, 81%. Uh, his next three. So he hasn't been able to fully stay on the field, um, you know, for, for long periods of time. So it, that it's just a whole confluence of things. Like, I don't, I don't think you start him this week. Like he's still outside of my top 50. So I'll go over on the prop, but that does not mean I'm, <laughs> I'm starting him. Um, and crazy. Cause I, you know, I was talking to my boy and he was asking me who to drop between rugs and Beckham. Unfortunately, rugs looks like the right answer oh. now, but, but at the time, you know, I was, you know, Beckham is pretty much droppable if you, because receivers just, you know, you could kind of mix and match a little more, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get better for Beckham. Like I'm hoping it does, but I, I, I don't have any confidence that it will. Maybe, maybe this was a better prop, but who gets more yards this week, Robbie Anderson or Odell Beckham? <laughs> 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 oh, come on. Don't, don't, don't call my boy Beckham like that. He's not that bad. Hey, I'm like, climbing my own Rob, boy. And Robbie. Robbie Anderson has been... <laughs> Pound for pound, like when you consider snap rate and the fact that Robbie Anderson has run a route on 91% of Sam Darnold slash PJ Walker dropbacks this year, Robbie Anderson has been pound for pound the worst <laughs> receiver in football. Like, yeah, bar oh none. my God, it kills bar me to say. None. I said this was a make or break <laughs> week for him against the Falcons and he got zero balls for zero yards. So 
Yeah. I guess it was a break it week. Bro, I stared at that Robbie <laughs> Anderson receiving uh receptions prop so long and didn't bet it. Like the it was like the under, under it was like yeah. four and a half receptions, like minus one fifty. And I was Ooh. like, yeah, like I, I was like, this probably hits, but minus one fifty, it's it's getting up there. Like, you know, four is probably still his median, but I, I should have known better because I think I had him projected for like 3.8, which yeah, means, I would yeah. I would be comfortable betting his under receptions prop. I just wouldn't touch the receiving yards because he's yeah. you know one catch for 80 yard touchdown waiting to happen. But yeah, if, uh, it hindsight's always 2020. But if I had seen a four and a half reception prop, I would have been on the under as well. Yeah, no, it, it was out there. It was out. That was that, regardless sure of the juice. That. Yeah, yeah damn. probably close on that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a struggle for some of these guys. You know, receivers high variance. Not they're not always going to hit. And uh, Robbie Anderson, and it, I mean, with Sam Darnold too, like that's it. Maybe part of it is Sam Darnold is playing terribly, but it kind of goes both ways because it's like I think Darnold would look a little better if Anderson held on to like one of the eighty thousand balls that he dropped. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this year. So it's just it's just tough in Carolina. That's why they're running forty seven times a game. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections through the props to build some entries. Uh, Sean, start us off with your first Prize Pick uh, early Elite Entry for this week number nine. Yeah, so my first pick is DeAndre Hopkins under 65 and a half receiving yards against the Niners. And this is a specific prop I want to lock in earlier in the week because we're still not sure if Kyler Murray's going to be able to play this week. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Um, so if he were to be ruled out and Colt McCoy starts, I mean, this this prop's going to drop possibly 10 yards. So I want to get ahead of that. But even if Kyler Murray does play through his ankle injury, I think it's going to just limit his mobility. He's going to be less effective. And Hopkins himself is playing through hamstring injury. So there's a lot of just outs for the under here. Um, so I'm projecting this closer to 16 and a half before any of these variables possibly lower even more. Um, so this is the, the one prop I want to lock in ASAP uh, while it's still at 65 and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, He's, and he's been struggling with a little bit of an injury. Uh, you know, maybe he's recovered now. Uh, I don't see him on the injury report, but certainly with any kind of question mark of, of Kyler and with them spreading the ball around, um, Hopkins is more, I'd be scared of to bet against his touchdown, but his yardage, you know, it's not, it's not where it once was. So hopefully uh, yeah, he continues to stay on. He's only gone over this four out of eight games. So 50% of the time. And the two of the overs were 66 yards and 67. So he's barely going over this number uh, so far this season. So lots of love about this under. Uh, I'm going with Cordero Patterson for my first under rushing yards, 40 and a half. Uh, we hit it last week as well with the under. We're still going under here. Uh, he's had 35 or fewer in four of the seven games. And with Calvin Ridley out, I think Patterson takes on a bigger role as a receiver. I think he plays more on the outside. Uh, and I think Mike Davis will get a few more carries. But either way, you just don't want to run on the same. So I don't think it's going to be a high volume run game for the Falcons. The Saints are allowing three yards per carry to opposing backs. And they are number two in run defense. So Patterson under 40 and a half. Sean, where are you going with your second prop for week nine? Uh, I'm going with another stud receiver under, and that's A.J. Brown to go under 82 and a half receiving yards. Uh, This number stuck out to me because, yes, he's good. And, yeah, he might see more volume with Derrick Henry out. Uh, We're still uh, unsure if Julio Jones is going to suit up. But, you know, the loss of Derrick Henry is just 
a massive blow to this offense because they do lean on the play action um, and the threat of Derrick Henry running. And uh, no receiver benefits from play action more than A.J. Brown. So I think um, he could struggle for the first couple of games without Henry. Uh, and then later in the season, I think, you know, he's going to see enough volume where, you know, he can war a number this high. But I just think uh, due to the loss of Henry, I'm going to bet on the under 82 and a half. I'm, I'm projecting this closer to 75 and a half. And even that might be too high just based on the impact of losing Henry, what it's going to do this offense. Yeah. And you still have, I mean, you got Bob Miller, you got David Ramsey there. And you know, maybe this is the week with no Henry. Maybe this is the week where you use Ramsey on Brown. Mm. So yep. uh, just uh, a lot of things kind of, you know, obviously, yeah, there's some variance here, but uh, I do agree. This is a high number that's being based solely on Henry being out where we really haven't seen exactly what the offense will, will look like. Uh, for my second early week, uh, number nine prop, I am going with DJ Moore under 71 and a half receiving yards. So I'll take a stud receiver under uh, as well here. Uh, you know, one thing we do consistently on this in this segment is target unders against the Saints running the ball. And another thing we like to do, target unders for number one receivers going against the Bill Belichick defense. The New England Patriots are number four in DVOA against uh, number one wide receivers. And they've been good at holding these perimeter guys down. I mean, you saw Mike Williams get just two catches for 19 yards. Uh, last week, Corey Davis had only 47 yards. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you had Amari Cooper with only 55 yards uh, against New England. So they've shut down some, some top-tier guys who have been getting a lot of yardage for their teams. Uh, and that's because they tend to game plan to do so, uh, you know, in these spots. So love to take this uh, DJ Moore under, especially with the Panthers attempting only 25 passes last week. I think that continues because they want that to continue. And this is not the game against the Patriots where you're going to have to throw a ton because I think the Panthers' defense is quite good as well. So like the under 71 and a half for DJ Moore. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our prize picks elite entry segment for... Uh, our early week look ahead to week number nine. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it fast in order to lock in the best numbers. And if you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A C T I O N 1 0. All right, now back to the show. All right, let's go to tight ends, and uh, we'll start with the top five. Who you got? So I have Travis Kelsey, and then Darren Waller with just an asterisk, just assuming he's 100% in playing. Uh, then Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and Dallas Goddard, of course. <laughs> I got Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Mike Gesicki, and then Kyle yep. Pitts. Uh, Goddard's right there, but uh, just Pitts and Gesicki, like both, all three of them, Goddard, Pitts, and Gesicki have just been, their routes have just been on the up. Um, but yep. Gasicki and Pitts both ran uh, 97%, <laughs> around 97% last week. So it's like, I can't, you know, I can't knock them down. I know, I know Gasicki is in a, a situation where they might have positive game script, but again, I'm not buying that with like Miami. <laughs> neutral, so, get, we've right, settled yeah, with neutral. neutral. Okay, yeah. Like, neutral. Either way, it's not <laughs> knocking him down at all. He's my tight end four this week. Uh, you know, Pitts with that, with that shaky game, just kind of dropped below him. Also love the, uh, the scheme, remember, Houston plays almost exclusively that Tampa two. So great kind of game for tight ends to, to go off on. So um, he's, I think he's going to be end up in my top five and, and guy that's going to 
Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have Gasicki right there at six, and yeah. I have George Kittle seven. Like, what are you? What are you doing with him? Do you have him? Yeah, I still, yet? I still am. At, yeah, I, I'm still not. Um, I still don't have him ranked, but I, I would still rank him outside the top five because oh, yeah. he's another guy that just hasn't proven he can stay on the field like long period, like through. Like he's got to make it through a game first. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, right. yeah, he's kind of he's kind of on that cusp, and I, and Debo has taken over that. Like Kittle is not the alpha there. Like even when right. even when he comes back, like he's not he's not the same guy who had like what was it. 1400 yards that one year like he's oh yeah he's no, gonna he's, be second fiddle to, to Debo and he's gonna block and you know he's gonna do all the other things that he's good at so yeah um, I just think even a limited Kittle is still a top 10 tight end so I have yeah, him right oh, there but absolutely we, we have to wait and see with him but yeah he's not just an automatic top five right now that's for sure yeah and it also depends on the uh what's going on with Kyler because it changes the whole tenor of the game Yes, if San Francisco doesn't have to deal with like a Kyler offense on the other side, then it's probably not a pass heavy game script, which means Debo yep. just gets like a hundred of their 150 yards. <laughs> and that's yeah. that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, that, no, we'll see, you know, obviously check our rankings at actionnetwork.com to see where we end up with, uh, on, on Kittle as the week, as the week progresses. But, uh, who are you going with for your DFS cheat codes? Uh, obviously Dallas Goddard. Um, let me see his price. Yeah. He's 4,500. Yeah, great on DraftKings, which is insane. Um, you know, granted, last week, uh, you know, his upside was capped due to the, the Eagles blow up, but he still ended with six catches and 72 yards um, off of Hertz 103 yards. So he had around 70% of Jalen Hurts passing yards that game. Um, Chargers are very weak against tight end. They're 30th in DVOA against tight end this year. This is a smash spot for Goddard. And again, if Jalen Rager's out, you know, that's going to boost Goddard's projection even more. Um, and then the cheap guys, Dan Arnold and even Tyler Conklin, throw him in there as well. Those guys, um, if you're going to go cheap at tight end, I would go there. Uh, Dan Arnold, I mean, I was banging the table all week last week with him. And, you know, he ended with like eight catches and 68 yards or something like that. Uh, wasn't too surprising. You know, the Jaguars were coming out of the bye. He's still learning this offense and gaining chemistry with uh, Trevor Lawrence since he's only been there for a few games. So he's a guy just I'm going to keep targeting him as long as he's cheap. Um, but I, I think he should be, you know, Lawrence's number two, number three option going forward. So uh, love Arnold again this week. Yeah, Arnold. I mean, Arnold scares me a little bit. The Bills have always been really good against tight end because um, they have those safeties. Um, so he scares me, but I do love his usage. Like his underlying yeah. usage has been great. Um, love Goddard. This is, you know, I've, I've been kind of, it's interesting because I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that, you know, when you're kind of forecasting games, I think for like totals and things like that, I think the coverage shell, like the scheme overall, like whether a team plays like split safety, like cover two to cover four, or they play like single safety high is more important. But when it comes to fantasy DFS, I think in the play, like projecting the players, I think it's like looking at the man and zone kind of breakdowns for these schemes. And uh, that's why I love Goddard because they're going against this, uh, this charger team that, you know, they tend to play a lot. They're kind of like the, a similar scheme. To the, to the to the Eagles on the other side. They have played a little bit more man here and there, but um, I do expect them to play a lot of zone. I think it's another one of those good matchups, and that's kind of why tight ends have been eating uh, against mm. them is because they play that that, that coverage and um, they, they'll drop a lot of safeties back and, and do things like that, and it just kind of leaves, leaves some space underneath, leaves space in the middle um, you know, for, for the tight end to, to have success. So like Goddard a, life, a, a lot this week, and he's run 88% and then 84% of the uh, routes for drop back over to, you know, since Zach Ertz got traded. So um, exactly what we wanted to see out of him. Uh, for me, it's just, it's just Mike Gusecki. Like that's the, that's just the yeah. guy. Like he's up, he went up to 98% routes run 
I still have him projected for a season average, which is like in the, in the mid seventies, high seventies. Um, and he's still my tight end for Houston is 29th in DVOA against tight ends. They're 24th in schedule adjusted receiving yards per game allowed to tight ends. And they play the fourth most zone coverage, which means, uh, you know, that's just, again, tight ends, the most tight ends in this league outside of, you know, Kelsey and, and Pitts aren't going to be able to consistently beat in Waller, aren't going to be able to consistently beat man coverage, Mark Andrews. Um, so you love to see teams that just play these zones. That's when you tend to see, um, you know, the underneath guys, the running backs, the tight ends um, get more, co- get more look. So love, just love Gasicki this week. Um, you know, I think he's, he's just kind of established himself as, as one of their top pass catchers. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the prop. All right. So let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do a Mercedes Lewis prop. Um, <laughs> My favorite guy. <laughs> you were able to get, what was, what was his line last 18 and weekend? a half. He got what zero. The, so it didn't because matter. Devante Adams was out and Alan Lazard, of course, and yeah. Marquez Dallas Gantling. Uh, but Robert Tunyon was still active. But now that Robert Tunyon is out for the season, what sort of prop are you going to get for Mercedes Lewis? And are you taking the under? So I'm going to test me. it. I'm going to test out the waters right now um, before you say anything. And I'm throwing out 26 and a half. Under. Yeah, uh, I, I figured that was too it, high. But here's well, why. how do you think they're going to handle this? Here's why. So I was watching this game. Obviously, you know, we were on. We had a little Halloween happy hour call. And, uh, like, as we were having the call, I'm like, I, I should – I think you asked if anyone had action on the game or, or maybe uh, uh, our great editor, Katie did, but um, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't, but I'm thinking about this Mercedes Lewis prop and I got 18 and a half. I, I said, it was probably the highest we would ever get for Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> and then of course, Robert Tunyon goes down. So we probably will get higher, but I think you go under because I was watching this very closely. Cause you know, that was my only action on the game. Like I didn't bet the spread, didn't bet the total, anything on that. So I was just watching to make sure that like, there's nothing fluky going to happen and ruin my, my under. And when Tunyon goes down, I'm looking for Lewis. Like, Oh no, this is not going to be good. Yeah. And I'm looking for Lewis. And instead I saw DeGuara. DeGuara was the guy that was out there. Um, and, and there wasn't many snaps, you know, after Tunyon went mm-hmm. down, but I, I, I saw DeGuara out there getting those, getting those snaps and, and not, uh, and, and not Lewis. So that makes me think that he's still going to be like, he's the blocking tight end. He's, he yeah. will run some routes. And he has, he'll catch like a tight end screen here and there and, you know, kind of surprise the defense, but uh, I'm not going to change his projection too much. It's kind of similar to German McNichols with the Titans, right? It's like, there's, there's two different running back roles and McNichols is solidified in one. So Henry's absence doesn't like drastically change it. It's the same thing with Tunyon and Lewis. I think there's two tight end, just two different type of tight end roles. That's why they keep like four or five of them active every week. Uh, so I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to go crazy with Lewis. Uh, not yeah. gonna play him in DFS. I'm not gonna. No, uh, absolutely. Probably better the under on this prop in real life. <laughs> that high. Yeah, I'm thinking you'll get something this high. And <laughs> yeah. uh, he almost made that just crazy one-handed touchdown grab, but he stepped out. Uh, so maybe he'll be the red zone option. But either way, we're just avoiding the Packers tight end situation altogether. This is probably just going to result in more targets and you know touchdown upside for the receivers, right? Like. I mean, Especially, you know, they're getting Adams, uh, Lazard, and possibly MVS back this week. So I just think it's going to just all go to the receivers. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on how how it unfolds. Because if uh, Adams, I think, can't practice till Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if – and then Gantling is – I think he's designated to return, but I don't know if he was activated yet, was it? Um, so 
He yeah, should be. Uh, he's probably 50-50 this week. But yeah. So, I mean, if the Packers come into the game with no practice for their receivers and no tight ends, it's just going to be a lot of running. It's going to be another yeah. one of those like A.J. Dillon games. And you're, you're going against the Chiefs. So I, it's too early to say. Like, I'm I'm looking at that under, though, because, I mean, with the, Chief, the way the Chiefs offense is struggling and yeah. the, the Packers may not have receivers, that might be an under to get on earlier in the week. Um, or, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, it's too early to tell. But all I can say is like, I'm not getting cute with, with any Mercedes Lewis and DFS. Like I'm sure I'm sure oh, yeah. somebody would throw it out there. And yeah, like granted, he could hit, he could score a touchdown. But I just think it's a low probability play because I, there's a very, there's a non-zero chance that his role doesn't change much at yeah. all. And it's just, you get DeGuara in. Because remember, DeGuara was that kind of like move tight end, pass catching, fullback, H-back tight end, slot receiver guy that they drafted i think on day two uh a couple years ago so he could easily just continue to play that role uh, for yeah I, I just think you're gonna get your lewis prop yeah. in the 20s this week so Woo! looking forward to that i'm excited i mean that's you know <laughs> hey i'm i'm calling dibs now for convince me if it's any oh. if it's anywhere in the twos i'm calling dibs yeah. on it right now if it's anywhere in the 20s okay. i'm calling dibs on that I'll, I'll let you have it <laughs> all right uh yeah so that uh that wraps it up for our positional breakdowns uh now let's do what we've been doing these past few weeks and let's build a, a lineup on FanDuel and DraftKings. I think every week we built a lineup, somebody has been ruled out. Like I think Ridley, I think we had Ridley in one of them. Uh, yeah, uh, we yeah. definitely had Ridley in one of them. He might've been the guy. Oh no, we used Brandon Cooks in both, I think. Oh, okay. That's, well, that's um, good. He got a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. All, all the guys that, you know, like Ridley was out, we would have adjusted, of course, before lock. All the guys that we picked ahead of time, I think did well last week. Okay. I'll have to double check. But yeah, really didn't play. Uh, so that sucked. But otherwise, I think we did good. All right. So let's uh let's start it off with DraftKings. Uh, I'll let you go first and I'll let you pick the flex uh for DraftKings and then I'll do okay. it for FanDuel. <laughs> uh let's uh just based on the pricing on DK, let's let's start with Zeke. Zeke, what is he? Seven K seven K. Seven K flat. Yeah, it's a good price for Zeke. Uh yeah, again, Denver 27th in run defense DVOA, which you know, is a, a big fall for them coming from where they went uh, earlier in the year. All right. So let's see. We have Zeke in there. I am going to go and stack him with the Cowboys. D 3,300. Nice. Let's do it. I mean, this Bronco team, not in, not in mile high. I mean, they couldn't even put up points against Washington, which, which you know, that's not good. So uh, yeah. And now I don't think they're going to be able to get off the field. Um, so I, I think they're going to be put in some situations that they don't want to be in. And I still love this Cowboys defense. I mean, Trevon Diggs is due, right? He's due for an interception, uh, here. Yeah, technically. <laughs> I think, he, I think he got banged up, but yeah, if he's playing, uh, he needs to get back on that streak. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so love that stack. All right. So we got um, Zeke at seven and, and Cowboys at uh, 3.3. We have 56, 71 average remaining for seven players. All right, I'm going to just go uh, a no-brainer play at wide receiver right now, and that's Hunter Renfro. you got to lock him in there at 4,800. All right. I will go – I'll go with the – I think he'll be a little bit contrarian just because of the kind of down week, so I'll go Mike Williams at 7,100. Oh, yeah. Yep. Your boy. I know you can't yeah, complain about that. that. No, no, I'm not going to complain about that. We, we suspected that Belichick might be – um, keying in on Mike Williams for yeah. that matchup. So I wonder if that's what happened because Eckler's banged up. Um, and like I said, Keenan Allen's open on every play. I don't know how you could shut him down. So wasn't too surprised to see Mike Williams put up a dud. So hopefully he bounces back here. Let's go with the Chargers Eagles stack then. Let's go with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. 
uh, again, not worried about Gardner Minshew at all yet. So uh, I think Hertz, his roster ship could be lower this week just based on the dead last week, but that yeah. was circumstantial. That, you know, no way to see, you know, all three Eagles running backs getting 10 plus carries. Uh, so I think Hertz is going to bounce back here with a big game. Yeah, he, he, had, he attempted 14 throws. It wasn't like, you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like, yeah, he had 7.4 yards for an attempt. He, he was weak average throwing the ball in that game. Seven runs, 71 yards. He just yeah, didn't need to do much. That's all. Yeah, this, this will be a perfect game script for him, though, for sure. All right. Well, then I'm going to continue the theme of going with your boys, and I'm going to lock in Goddard at tight yes. end at 4,500. So we got Hurts, uh, Goddard, and we got Mike Williams coming back the other way. We also got a Zeke Cowboy stack. Um, and then we got Renfro. So we have 55-33 on average for a running back, a wide receiver and a flex makes total sense. Uh, like so far. So maybe I'm wondering if we put Tony in there for like a run throw Tony like game it. stack. Yes. And just like we said, Tony's upside hasn't even been like tapped into quite yet. He's questionable. So this could be the guy that sits out this week and we have right. a zero, but uh, we'll, we'll know by Sunday if he's playing or not, but uh, like Tony at 5,200. All right, uh, so we have 5,700 for a running back and a flex. I'll let you choose the flex, so I'll go running back. Uh, and I will go with another guy that I don't think ownership will be too high because of the matchup or perceived matchup against the Saints, and that's Cordero Patterson. So I'm expecting another big game from him, 6,300. Uh, that leaves you with 5,100 for the flex. Love it. Um... So 5,100. Let's see what kind of guys we have at running back. Receiver. So Landry, uh, Callaway, Kenyon Drake, Jerry Judy, Tyra Boyd, Kenneth Gainwell, Carlos Hyde, uh, uh, Gesicki. I was looking at that, the double tight end. Yeah. Uh, And let's face it, Gesicki is a wide receiver at this point. Like, let's be real. Uh, But I'm just looking at, so I have him projected for about 11. Um, So are there any... So let's see. There was Javante Williams is there. Uh, Mike Davis is there. I mean, yeah, you don't want to play him against the Saints. Can't so. trust Devante, uh, Javante in that matchup. Yeah. Um, plus, it looks like uh, let me let me just double check. I think uh, Garrett Bowles got hurt. Uh, he might be doubtful this week, so that that's going to suck for. J- Normally, I'd be all over Javante as an upside play, but I, I like the Gasicki call. Uh, yeah. Two tight ends. Uh, when you know Gasicki's not really a tight end right now, <laughs> he's basically a receiver. So, um, think yeah, and we have 200 left over. I like that call. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's just a great value for 4900, regardless of position. That's yeah, exactly. That's, uh, so yeah, we got Jalen Hurts at 6700 at quarterback uh, against the Chargers. Ezekiel Elliott at 7K. Cordero Patterson at 6300 uh, at running back. We have Hunter Renfro at 4800. Mike Williams at 7100. Darius Tony at 5,200 at wide receiver. Dallas Goddard uh, is one of our tight ends at 4,500 against the Chargers, and Mike Gasicki as the other in the flex uh, against Houston at 4,900. And then the Cowboys D stacked with Zeke uh, at 3,300. 200 left over. Going to enter it right now. I like this lineup, actually. This is yeah, a lot of, a lot of really correlation. Got the contrarian uh, pay up at wide receiver uh, with Williams. So you're avoiding like all the chalk. Uh, Two tight ends, very original lineup that way. Yep. Cowboys defense, a defense that people don't think of, you know, when they're picking defenses. So, yeah, this is. Yeah, and it looks like uh, Diggs is probable. Like, he avoided serious injury, so he should play. When do they get Demarcus Lawrence back? Because this defense could be (laughs) scary good once he comes back, right? I mean, 
not close to returning. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, come playoff time, they'll have Demarcus Lawrence. It, uh, Dallas's defense is sixth in DVOA heading uh, after eight yep. weeks. So they are, and, that, and remember that's schedule adjusted. They are seventh against the pass, which is obviously important. Eleventh uh, against the run, but overall, because you know passing, defending the pass is more important. They're up to sixth in terms of overall. So, uh, very very good uh, job by Dan Quinn this year. Yes. All right, let's go to Fanduel, and you go I'll first. Start. Yep. Let's see what we got here. I'm I'm looking for it. So we'll try not to use the same guys uh, twice. Well, I guess we we'll use we can use one guy twice, but we'll try not. I try not to use any. Um, but if we have to, I think the cooks cooks worked out. Yeah, cooks worked out just week. fine last week. All right. Uh, and on Fanduel, let's see. I will start with. Remember, I said. Uh, another guy in the Cowboys I like was Cooper. So since we got the Cowboys run game stack in, in defense in the other lineup, let's go Amari at 6,900 uh, nice. uh, for our first fan to play. Love it. Um, and, you know, similar playoff or other lineup. Um, I'm going to have to go with Justin Herbert here um, uh-huh. at quarterback. Uh, you mentioned him earlier uh, and, and, you know, I think he's going to bounce back here, but look at his price on FanDuel. I mean, he's, he's too cheap. Um, and plenty of stacking options. Uh, so okay, if, if we don't want to use Michael Williams, what? No, we oh, absolutely did you? want to use Michael Williams. That's going to be oh, okay. our one guy then. He's <laughs> okay. got to be. He's yeah. got to be our one guy. Because, uh, I mean, like, also, I think Herbert monster games just kind of correlate with Williams monster games, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, that's kind of, like, Keenan Allen can get, like, eight catches for 70 yards, and that's not going to really impact Herbert one way or if, another. But if Mike Williams gets, like, eight for 123 and two, that's when that's when Herbert's going to really have, if, like, his big game. If you were starting a franchise right now, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Like, I still think like I still think Herbert is a little too hype. Like, remember I said this earlier in the year, like uh when people were taking him over like Tom Brady, and I was just like, you know, oh like, yeah, yeah. It's like he's being <laughs> a little like he's great, but he's still like you know, he's not like top five yet for me anyway. Like, he's still like right at that cusp. Like he's good but not great yet or he's great but not he's great like elite you know what i mean like there's, yeah he's, a tier, he's just a tier below like a mahomes like for i mean now. next next year yeah i think he could become elite it's, it's so. a mental i mean and granted mahomes is struggling but mahomes has already done it for longer but you could already see herbert going through some of those same things that mahomes is going through and, mm-hmm. and, and just struggling with the mental part of the game and, and you know you know he got he's getting he's getting out schemed by, by smart defensive coordinators like, that's yep. what i'm saying like martindale Belichick got him last year. We saw Belichick get him. Um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So we got Herbert, no Cooper. We got Williams. We have 63, 67 average remaining for six players. All right. Well, I'm going with Zach Moss in this lineup. Uh, he's only six K and for, you know, a site like Fandle, that's half PPR. Uh, I, I know I said that Zach Moss's uh, receiving inches has gone up, but he's certainly more of a half PPR kind of guy. So I like having Moss on Fandle instead um, great matchup against the Jaguars too. Like, would not surprise me if he gets two touchdowns here. All right. Uh, did, we didn't take. Uh, ooh. So I, I'm gonna. We didn't take Nick Chubb in the other one, right? No. No. All right. So I think I do think that even though uh, Cleveland may struggle in this game, I think they're gonna go back to just giving like 20 carries to Chubb because they have to get back on track on offense. And now he's a week removed from uh, the injury report. He's off the injury report. Uh, the Bengals are ranked last against running backs on FanDuel. So let's go with Nick Chubb here at 70, 
600. Love it. Um, so I'll bite the bullet and I'll go with a defense here. <laughs> Finally. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I was, I was thinking about taking the Bengals, but since we have Chubb, I'll yeah. pass on that. Okay. I kind of want to go Cowboys, but let's, let's try to keep this lineup, uh, way different. So man, your thoughts on Texans Ooh. or, <laughs> or the Packers at Kansas city. <laughs> oh, I, I don't, I feel like I would, That'd be a donkey move betting uh, on Patrick Holmes to continue turning the ball over. That seems like a donkey play. So oh. maybe that maybe the Texans to to buy in on this this potential <laughs> I neutral mean, game script. Ooh, that, but that it's both are ugly. Just either. you know, it's just ugly right now. I, I'm gonna make at, you pick that. I'm I'm not gonna even get into. I I, 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 don't, just don't, I don't have see a yeah. Just defense. We could pay up. I mean, you could pay up. I mean, you have the Saints. We have the Patriot Patriots I, against Darnold at 4,800. I mean, you could just do it that way. Or PJ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah bills are probably too expensive and chalky. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Falcons threw for under hundred yards last week. I think so. That's the what I, are so the, Saints, the, the Saints are my streamer play but of the Saints. week. I'm going to yeah. go Saints. They yeah. just got Davenport back. I mean, they just sacked Tom Brady three times and picked them off twice. So you know, if they can keep that up, I'm sure Matt Ryan's in trouble. Uh, so yeah, let's go Saints here. Yeah, I like that. I don't mind. This looks like a pay up week on Fanduel anyway. Yeah, that's, looking at these defenses. Yeah, whew, it's pretty rough this week. Uh, the Saints are third in defensive DVOA. They mm-hmm. are fifth against the pass and second against the run. So that uh, yeah. that should get that should get the job done. Yeah, and either if it's Simeon or Taysom, I, mean, I, uh, I just think yeah. they're going to get even more conservative, lean on their defense even more, which they obviously can. Yeah, and this Falcons offense without Ridley just it it yeah it worries me. Um, you know, I think I mean outside of Patterson, but uh it's it's and Pitts, even Pitt, even Pitt, no, but even Pitts got <laughs> slowed down last guy. Well, they, and, and, and the Saints play a ton of man, so they could they could do some things against Pitts. Like I wor- I'd worry about him. They're, yeah, the Saints are number one, I want to say. Let me let me let me double check this. The Saints are I know and I know he's a receiver, but the Saints are number two in DVOA against tight ends. Like they have the players. Whether you know on the back end to, to and they could put Lattimore on Pitts for all we know now that oh now they really absolutely out of the question. should yeah, yeah they so absolutely like, yeah, this, should it, Pitts worries me in his spot like he's yeah, down like to like I said, fourth or fifth in our ranking like right? like yeah. I said on convince yeah like like I said on convince me uh, one of the reasons I like the Panthers plus three is I was selling high on the Falcons because yes their offense looked good three games prior but they had faced three defenses that ranked outside of the top twenty five in DVOA so uh, we saw when they faced just a above average defense in the Panthers, what happened? So yeah, against the Saints, it would not surprise me if they uh, you know, stink it up again this week. Yeah, if I didn't go Patriots not convince me, I was going Panthers. Those are my top oh, two okay. picks on the uh, <laughs> on the Action Network NFL pod. So got got a three and oh sweep this week. So felt good after nice. oh and three last week. So <laughs> evened out. <laughs> uh all right, let's uh let's keep it going here. We have sixty-six thirty-three to spend with uh wide receiver, tight end and a flex. So I'll, I'll look at the tight ends here. I'll let you pick that last receiver. Uh, let's see here. We didn't have Cooks in the other line, right? Correct. Let's go right back. Let's go back to him. Brandon Cooks, yep. 6,800. Looks like he's still in the Texans too, so. Yeah. Yep. He's And yeah, again, if Tyrod Taylor comes back, I think that yeah. only helps uh, his cause. So yeah, 6,800. For sure. A little price hike here, but uh, still, still too cheap in my opinion. Still. 6,500 on 
uh, average for the last two players. Not bad. Yeah. Um, so tight end, I can go either high or low here. I would um, want to go high since we took Gesicki and Goddard like in the uh, in the other lineup. Like yeah. I don't mind if you go high. I'll, I'll figure it out at flex if you want to go with Kelsey or Andrews. I think uh, Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> Buy, buy the dip. What? <laughs> I said, you think? Like, you said yeah, it's so like... <laughs> I mean, well, he's 7800 and Andrews is... Normally, I would go Andrews there, but he's only $700 cheaper. Uh, and I still have Kelsey, you know, in a tier by himself. So, yeah, I like buying the dip on Kelsey here. And you still have 5300 at flex, which is not bad. Yeah, and, and Nick Boyle might come back this week, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never know. You know, that, that could dock one target off of Andrews. Um, but yeah, that, that does factor into things. All right. So it's not looking great here. Uh, you have David Johnson, Rondell Moore, Samaj J.P. Ryan, uh, Brian Edwards. Let's oh, see. Brian. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a possibility. Cedric Wilson, Singletary, Conklin. Oh, here we go. Jamal Agnew. Boom. Lock it in. Oh, easy. 5,200. Easy. Yeah. Lock so, in lock in those six catches for 40 yards and no he, touchdown. Easy. Hey, he got a touchdown last week. He, oh, got, the he, only, he got the only touchdown last and, week. Yeah, and he, he's still a return man too, right? Like yeah. He has that just, touching upside. He just might be their best like skill player this side of James Robinson. <laughs> Embarrassing, but true. Oh man. Uh, okay. So he, we got Justin Herbert at 7600. Zach Moss. At 6K, Nick Chubb at 7,600. We got uh, those are the two running backs. We got at receiver, Mike Williams at 7,300, Amari Cooper at 6,900, Brandon Cooks at 6,800. Our tight end is Travis Kelsey at 7,800. Our flex is Jamal Agnew at 5,200. Never thought we'd be playing Jamal Agnew in week nine. <laughs> but here we and, are. Right. And then we're paying up for defense with the Saints at 4,700. But uh, great just a great defense and a great spot for them. And FanDuel, uh, I think you're going to have to pay up for defense this week, especially, and we, this is a pretty good lineup. I mean, all things yeah, considered. A lot, of, a lot of touchdown yeah. upside, which is good for FanDuel. Um, you know, Agnew is probably more of a PPR guy, but love, you know, on FanDuel targeting more high touchdown upside, like two touchdown upside. So th- this lineup looks perfect for FanDuel. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see how it does. Hopefully no one gets ruled out. <laughs> uh, that is <laughs> That's going to wrap it for our FanDuel lineup. That's going to wrap it for the show. You can, you can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the award-winning free Action Network app where you can follow all of our bets, including our player prop bets, uh, as well as track all of yours for free. You can find our fantasy football rankings and projections at actionnetwork.com or in the Action app. And you can find our DFS content tools and models at fantasylabs.com. Until the next episode, let's get this money.